today, Rinpoche completed the section on the perfection of patience and showed us how all of the perfections, including this one, are necessary in order for us to become a Buddha. There is causal perfection and resultant perfection. And the only way we get to the resultant perfection of the Buddha is to per prepare and to practice the causes for it. Where do you have Lich? I have 179 where we left off. Yeah, okay. So we'll do number three then. Okay. Sumba Laewa J. Tetsuko. Nerago. Tetsuko. Teratsapo Teran. Garshine. The Kandun. The Chutsugupatsar. Okay. Nishu Sa Sun. Okay. Nishu Sumba Chu Nepar Sembe. Okay, so uh, everyone, welcome to the Chen Resig Center. I don't know if there's any new faces out there, but uh, welcome. And we're going to begin today on page 178, uh, number three, developing certainty about the, the teachings. Less <coughs> Tambi Okay. Um, okay, so once again we're on page 178, developing the patience of certitude about the teachings. The patience of certitude about the teachings means generating the forbearance of conviction. It has eight objects. The object of faith, this is the good qualities or excellent qualities of the three jewels. So here, the three jewels refer to the Buddha, the Dharma, uh, and the Sangha. So here we reflect on um, the excellent qualities of each of those. So we have to know what those are. And when we look at the sublime continuum 
we see uh, a quote about uh, when the definition of the Buddha jewel or what the essence of the Buddha jewel is. And uh, Maitreya states, the essence of the Buddha jewel uh, possesses the two sets of meaning, which encompass ability, compassion, exalted wisdom, exalted wisdom of others, conditioned, spontaneity, and unconditioned. So that's just a quote from the Sublime Continuum. As everyone, as the translators note, as everyone knows, as you get closer to the Indian texts and the pronouncements, it's very encoded. So you really need the commentary to know what any of it means. Even when you reach a definition of something, the definition itself is very encoded. So at times you really need to know the full spectrum of the subject matter, really in order to understand any of this. Um, uh, you can't really just understand a corner of it because you get to a definition that says, the essence of the Buddha possesses the two sets of meaning, ability, compassion, exalted wisdom, exalted uh, wisdom of others, conditioned, spontaneity, and unconditioned. So you're left with that. You know, so anyway, um, and then the definition in the Parshin Shittun is the final object of refuge, which possess the eight excellent qualities, unconditioned and so on. So in the sublime continuum, you see the unconditioned and so on. Um, so uh, there's eight excellent qualities that are found. Um, so here in the sublime continuum, uh, you find just etceteras also, but it does say, Others can um, exalted wisdom of others' conditions, spontaneity, and the unconditioned. Uh, so then, when we look at the definition of Buddha jewel, the final of object of refuge, which possesses eight excellent qualities, unconditioned, and so forth. Um, so anyway, um, so that summarizes that. So what each among the the jewels has their own definition, and then possesses excellent qualities that then. Uh, really requires, uh, you know, an immense amount of teaching on. So we'll leave it there because I don't want to go beyond what Rinpoche stated. Um, so that's number one, which is the object of faith, the three jewels. Digson. <laughs> ね、ラーデ。とにもそんとびにてちとんねてちパララジェジパラね、て、てばちびパラ。おとそんでれちゅ、ちゅこんちゅれてろ、ちゅこんちゅ。ラッシャ。うん。てんねげにゅこんち
Okay, so going to the object of faith, then we get to the, um, Rimache went then on to the um, Sangha and uh, Dharma jewel. So, um, so then we have the, the first was the excellent qualities of the Buddha, Buddha jewel and its definition. Uh, the next, the Dharma jewel, is the pure truth in the continuum of superiors possessing excellent qualities among the eight, such as inconceivable, non-duality, conceptual, etc. Um, and then another quote from the Sublime Continuum, Dharma is defined as that which is uh, possessing the two truths free from desire, is an antidote, lucid, pure, non-conceptual, non-dual, inconceivable. Uh, so that's how um, the Dharma, um, jewel and Dharma, is defined according to first the Parshin Shitta and the general meaning of perfection by Penchin Son Andrapa, and then Lord Maitreya's sublime continuum. Uh, so those are the um, the Dharma jewel, and then the the Sangha jewel is referring to those superiors of the hearers I'm, of hearers solitary realizer and bodhisattva vehicle. Those uh, superiors or aryas who've reached the path of seeing or above um, of the three vehicles: hearers, solitary realizers, and bodhisattvas. Um, so any among those beings who have seen emptiness directly, basically, um, have reached the path of seeing, are called superiors. Um, so they fall categorically under the Sangha jewel. So then when we look at what is the definition of Sangha jewel, it's a superior person possessing any of the excellent qualities, knowledge, release, etc. So, um, and then the sublime continuum defines the Sangha jewel as the in Intelligent, irreversible assemblage possessing the highest excellent qualities, pure perceiving reality and diversity throughout exalted wisdom. So reality and diversity it refers to conventional and ultimate truth. Um, so I could read it another way, perceiving conventional and ultimate truth throughout exalted wisdom. 
Um, so uh, those, those are the definitions of the three jewels, the Buddha jewel, the Dharma jewel, and the Sangha jewel. Now we move to the object to be actualized, and here we're referring to the two selflessnesses. Uh, so there is selflessness of person and selflessness of phenomena. So if we were to say posit that which is selflessness of person, it's anything that is person, um, any person, is uh, has if it is a ha person it has or is selfless and what kind of selfless selflessness of person so selflessness of person refers to the nature of per any person so the nature of anything that is not person is the selflessness of phenomenon so anything other than person um, its selflessness is the selflessness of phenomena so any person um, its selflessness, his or her, or its, if you will, selflessness, um, his or her, its selflessness refers to selflessness of person. And then anything that is not person, that selflessness is selflessness of phenomena. Uh, so these um, are the two selflessness um, uh, that are being referred to here, the objects to be actualized. Um, so then number three, the desired object. This is the great powers of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, of which there are three. The power of the super-knowledges, the power of the six perfections, and the power which is innate. Then Sanjay Dan Shanchu Semba Nangi Tu Chembo De Lepso. Lepso. Sajukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjukunjuk
emptiness and so forth we say um, that which is emptiness is necessarily um, ultimate truth um, so when we look at the 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 various truths um, and um, those knowledges and so forth um, emptiness is necessarily ultimate truth so when we look at ultimate knowledge um, and cessation is necessarily ultimate truth uh, here's another category. But if it is ultimate truth, it is not necessarily cessation. So it doesn't pervade it the other way. There's not a pervasion, but there is a pervasion that if it is um, cessation, it is necessarily ultimate truth. If it is emptiness, it is necessarily um, ultimate truth. And we find in the, um, I was trying to look it up, it really doesn't have much meaning um, from just the wording itself. Um, but we find in the Ngudajen, um, the Sublime Continuum by uh, Lord Maitreya, where it, it speaks of the two truths and the four noble truths. It just basically says established truths, uh, the three jewels. Um, it doesn't say much more than that. Um, I wanted to get the exact quote for you. Um, but it's you, you, you can find it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, because it's like one word I'm missing. Um, but you find that the, the two truths and the four noble truths um, are the objects um, of the to be realized um, along the path. And um, the cessation is necessarily the ultimate truth. Um, but the ultimate truth and the conventional truth are both realized um, um, by the practitioner. Um, or by the Buddha. So the knowledge um, that is possessed is the knowledge of all those aspects. Um, Let me just make sure I got everything. Nate あれ、で、コラン、ラワン、メイパ、コンクロン、カンサ、ダメ。コムガ、トゥ、コムガ、コムガ、トゥネ、タソントゥヨバレス。タバラマトゥベロンアトゥヨマレス。オテレ、
and selflessness of phenomenon, we'll look at a little deeper. So selflessness of person, how do we establish uh, that that is the case? And what does that is establishment mean? Um, so when we look at person, we establish that the per, um, and we think of ourselves. Um, so um, we are a person. So when we try to find the person we are, uh, we find that try to find that person because we're a person. Uh, we say, is the person, am I my head? Am I my hand? Am I my arm? No. Am I my legs? No. Am I my feet? No. So when you start to check off all of the different parts of your body and try to establish whether those parts are you or not, or are the I, separate like are the eye that that when you're trying to find that eye the person where is it is it just the hand and you would say well it's in there but it's not just the hand so then when you get through all the parts you end up at well then the eye isn't findable and that's not true um, because you can't say that there's no, a non-existence of a person that doesn't make sense there's a person here um, so stating non-existence isn't compatible with reality, um, isn't um, correct. Uh, so then how is this person here? How am I here? What am I? Um, so when we look at the Buddhist um, point, look at what Buddhism states is that we are all of those things we just said formed as a collection that when put together is suitable to be named as the I, as this person Jeff. But there, so what is that person's selflessness? The selflessness is the lack of inherent existence of the Jeff. There isn't a singular Jeff that's outside of that collection that's named. Without that collection coming together, there is no naming of Jeff. It takes this collection coming together. Now, as a, a translator's note, of course you could cut a part of it off and still name it as the I. Um, and then there's a debate of how much, how much of you can you cut off before you're not you anymore. You know? so, but anyway, there's collection. There is a collection, no matter what, that comes together that then is suitable to be named as a person. Um, so there is no person that is separate, or there is no something separate from that that's findable as person. Uh, so that's selflessness of person. When we look to what selflessness of phenomena is, uh, we take this table, for instance. This table isn't person. Um, so we do the same thing. So we, is the east corner of the table the table? Is the north the ta part of the table? Is southeast, uh, west? You look at all the sides, the corners um, of the table, and you realize that not one of those is the table itself independently, but the collection of all of them coming together then is suitably named as suitable to be named as a table. But so the table's selflessness is that there isn't an independent table that's findable exclusive of this collection 
coming together that's then named. Uh, so this is selflessness of person and selflessness of phenomena. Person is this, this, the, the collection of the aggregates and so forth that then are named as person. Um, and then the selflessness of phenomena are whatever it, the phenomenon's components are that serve as its collection that then come together that serve as a basis for the naming of that thing. Uh, so there is no independent person, self, or phenomena that is findable, exclusive of this collection that's then named. Dixon. So what would a scientist say if we said uh, this person, uh, is it the head, is it the parts, um, is it the color, is it the shape? What would a scientist say? Because a scientist is very intelligent. Scientific community is, are scholars. So it'd be interesting to know what the answer would, from a scientific point of view would be to that question. If the person is the person the head, is the person the parts, uh, color, shape, etc. So this would be a good question to ask uh, that requires further analysis. Um, Okay, so um, <coughs> just uh, so there. So then, then another thing that requires further investigation is uh, this idea of mine. Um, and let me be specific of what the mine in this specific case is referring to. Um, hand is me. This is what we're saying mine is. So um, it's this kind of grasping. It's not saying, um, I just asked Rinpoche, well, what's the difference between, how would you say in Tibetan, um, uh, my car versus car is me? 
because there's, um, just as a translator's note, some people identify with their things as being them. Um, so um, if you see car as you, um, this is that kind of grasping that uh, we're talking about. Um, so this is the kind of mine. It's not the possession like that car is mine. The mine in this case is seeing the thing as you. Um, so when, when we say the emptiness of I and mine, the mine isn't referring to my things usually. It's referring to seeing my things as me. Um, so uh, for instance, uh, seeing, uh, so, the, so there's a big debate uh, about, well, is this selflessness of person really? Uh, because if you're seeing your car as you, the car isn't a person. So how could that be selflessness of person? Uh, so uh, there's the, the scholars have varying opinions about which it is. And Rimche said it, I've got to have him re-say it. Um, but the various scholars have different opinions as to uh, whether it is selflessness of phenomena or selflessness of person when you establish car is me, for instance. Um, uh, so, uh, when we say mine in this case, we're referring to this identification as things as you. Like, hand is me. Like, this is me. The car is me. Uh, so, mine in this case is referring to that. Then, hey, the kepa kashe, the jawa, the kepa kashe chepagare, yanjir surunang, eh, ngai then uh, the becha agenda, the mota ngai imba kansak yin. Kansak yin. Pension son and drapa kansak Okay. Okay. So there are differing points. Some scholars state that um, car is me, is person. Um, Pension Sonandrapa doesn't believe car is me as person, but states that it is selflessness of person. Um, so Pension Sonandrapa says when we say car is me, hand is mine, uh, this is selflessness of person, but the hand itself isn't person, it's phenomena. The car itself isn't person, it's car. But when we establish it as those things as our self, then this becomes the negation of it is its selflessness, the selflessness of person. So when we uh, look at the nature of I am car, car is me, we look at its nature, it's selfless. What kind of selfless? Selflessness of person. Is car person? No but it falls categorically under selflessness of person, under what kind of selflessness it is. So you find this kind of thing throughout the Buddhist context where uh, it is that, but it's not this. Um, so you just have to understand the framework around it to know why all of those things mean what they do. And then you'll find absolutely no contradiction 
in it. I tried to find it, but you won't. Once you know the outer material around it. But without the outer material, it's very easy to nitpick and say that doesn't make sense because the, without the material, the supporting material, you're missing parts of it. And that's why the tenant systems, as are, translators note, the ten tenant systems as are they are, they're, even though you're, it seems like there's a teaching of something that's wrong taking place, it's basically everything that you could come up wrong in your mind establishing it and then showing you why that's wrong. Um, so that's how the tenets work. It's, a, it's graded stages of graduation, the graded stages of your mind um, becoming more and more wise, basically, um, through steps that interlock within each other, that help each other and support each other. Dixon Rinpoche. So it's important to think of independent origination. Uh,高山double车上,高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的老伯子跟高山的,我的
so it is stated uh, in the by Buddha that when you see dependent origination, realize dependent origination, you realize the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So how is that possible? What does that mean? That once you realize this, then you see the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Um, so uh, by recognizing the, the reason of dependent origination to prove the lack of true establishment of phenomena, um, one eventually is able to eradicate the misconception um, that things have some kind of true establishment. Um, so, one over and over and over again meditates on dependent origination, the dependent origination of things and so forth and person and phenomena, um, um, and why then these things are not truly established. Um, so you think again and again and again about the lack of true establishment, the emptiness of phenomena, the emptiness of person, and you prove, the proof of that emptiness is dependent origination. So by meditating on this over and over again, one is able to go through the various stages uh, that are necessary to get to complete enlightenment. Um, so in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, we have the mantra that's embedded within it, Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. That mantra is implicitly referring to the five paths that are necessary to go through to be enlightened. Uh, the first, Teata Om Gate, is path of accumulation. The second Gate is path of preparation. Uh, paragate is the path of seeing. Parasangate is the path of meditation, and Bodhisoha is the path of no more learning. Uh, so one has to go through these stages in order to become uh, a Buddha. In this case, as a note, we're speaking of the Mahayana track. There's five paths in the here and solitary realizer as well. They achieve nirvana, not Buddhahood. So we're speaking of the Mahayana context because we're saying you see the Buddha. Um, so realize the Buddha when you realize dependent origination. So one starts to meditate and familiarize him or herself with this dependent origination, emptiness of phenomena, lack of true establishment of phenomena, to the point where one starts to go through the various stages of the path of uh, accumulation, then the path of preparation, and then the understanding gets more and more clear to the to the stage where he or she has a direct valid cognition of emptiness, realizes it directly. At that point, he or she has reached the path of seeing. 
at the point of the path of seeing, he or she sees the Dharma, has a direct realization of the Dharma, and becomes a Sangha jewel, uh, becomes an Arya, becomes a superior. Once a being reaches the path of seeing, he or she is an Arya, he or she is a superior, is the um, Sangha jewel. So, at the path of seeing that is induced by this understanding of dependent origination, one sees the, the Dharma, one becomes the Sangha, and then through a series of more and more refining and purification and stages through the path of um, seeing and meditation and all of the stages within those. There's stages in the stages, by the way. Um, so the stages within the stages um, to the point where the state of no more learning occurs. And once that practitioner has gone through all of the bodhisattva levels and, and the four previous ma path, Mahayana pathways, then the obstructions to omniscience are eradicated. And once the obstructions to omniscience are eradicated, note the afflictive obstructions have already been eradicated at the eighth ground. So once those uh, obstructions to omniscience are eradicated, at that point he or she becomes a Buddha. So then because of this dependent origination, the Buddha jewel is realized. Um, so we see, going back to the initial quote, once you see or realize dependent origination, origination, you see or realize the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Uh, so uh, this is the meaning behind that. Seldu. So we find uh, this in the Buddha's pronouncements, and then where also? We find it in uh, the collected works of Lama Tsongkhapa in the Ba section. That's, I guess, the way the index works, the Ba section. Uh, and also the root wisdom text commentaries, we find these points made. So the third is the desired object. This is the great powers of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, of which there are three. The power of the super-knowledges or clairvoyances, the power of the six perfections, and the power of which is innate. Uh, so... Um, the power of which is innate is that which is there, um, as a note from previous lives and so forth, which is kind of there naturally. Um, so that then combines with these power of the superknowledges and power of perfections to make uh, for even further realization. So there's something there that then combines with these practices of the six perfections that then propels this practitioner. Dixon. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, number four and five, the object to be adopted and then the object to be discarded. Uh, so these are combined um, in the Tibetan text as four and five. Um, so the object to be adopted, this is wanting both the cause, good deeds, and the effect of these deeds. The object to be discarded, this is wishing to avoid both the cause of misdeeds and the effect of these deeds. So sentient beings, people want to be happy, um, want to be not, do not want to have suffering. Um, so um, one has to figure out what the causes of happiness are and the causes of suffering are, because these things are compound phenomena. Uh, they're impermanent, uh, therefore they are caused. Um, so one finds that the cause of happiness is virtue. The cause of suffering is non-virtue. So, uh, so, so these two basically refer to that which you want and that which you don't want. Um, so what you want is happiness. What causes happiness? Virtue. What you don't want is suffering. What causes suffering? Misdeeds or non-virtue. So what is to be adopted? Virtue, because you want happiness. What is to be discarded? Non-virtue, because you misdeeds, because you don't want suffering. Uh, so here are the, the, the deeds and the effect. The deeds and the effect. What do you want? What don't you want? So you need to uh, do, the th do the things that cause what you want, and don't do the things that cause what you don't want. Dixon. <laughs> Tibachimbi 
The Garshane, the Nyantu, Shanchu, London. Garshane, go down London. London Garshane. Nyantu, Shanchu, the water, Nyantu, and Tatu water water. Nyantu, and Tatu water, Nyantu, Shanchu, Lagroa. Nyantu, Juju, Nyantu, Dajum, Juju, go down the London, so Nyantu, and Tatu water. Nyantu, Dajum, what now? Nyantu, Dajum, go down London, so Nyantu, and Tatu by Inta, Nyantu, Shanchu. ネトキシャンチュインデネトキシャンチュインデタトバインベージェルタトバネジラジェゲダジョバタラジェジュンゴデラデトソラジェシャンチュインデラジェジュンデタトバインベージェルテバチェンビテネサンジェダンサンジェ
，那上山个冲浪去了，冲浪过，哦，冲浪过了，我得俄罗斯，上酒托比特的。OK， 你得。上酒托比特，因得上酒托比就因别子。OK， 得做浪，得浪点牛马的，得做浪就浪。做浪就浪，做他做浪就浪。你浪点，你对做浪就浪，都是浪点有马多。天天做浪浪点有的。来说，你对爸爸。天天冲浪去吧，伊那天天冲浪都可怕不得了哇！来生，我等你，没啷个都马上我到，没啷个送，我我送东海都马上七八七八家五路啊！来生 ，Um, so the object of meditation that is the method for achieving the goal. I just want to go over that again and clarify. Um, this is all the paths of training in the spirit of enlightenment. All of the paths don't. Let me say all. Because it says all of the paths, all of the paths are not true paths um, because they are not at the path of seeing or above. So, um, uh, so the for instance, in number seven, the path of accumulation is also included, which isn't a superior path yet. It's it's still um, uh, an ordinary being's path, but it is uh, a path. Of training in the spirit of enlightenment,、um, so there are paths training in the spirit of enlightenment that are true paths, and paths training in the spirit of enlightenment that are not true paths.、Um, true paths require that that em that um, that um, emptiness, the the realization of emptiness.、Uh, so,、um, but there are those. Who are on the path of、uh, the path of accumulation in this training in the spirit of enlightenment that are already superior beings? Those, for instance, hearers who have already achieved nirvana that then go back to traverse the Mahayana vehicle, they are already superior beings. They're already aryas.、Uh, they already have true paths. So there are those true paths. On the path of accumulation, but there are those 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 are practitioners who have already gone through lesser vehicle paths and then gone back to the to start the Mahayana principles.、Um, so there are so just in in summary, there are practitioners who have、um, who are aryas and true paths at the path of accumulation. But those are beings who have already traversed all the paths in the lesser vehicle, and then go back to traverse the Mahayana vehicle. There are great vehicle or Mahayana practitioners who are practicing paths of training in the spirit of enlightenment, who have who are not have not reached the the level of true paths. Those are the bodhisattvas at the path of accumulation and the path of preparation.、Uh, so the paths of training in the spirit of enlightenment are all of those paths. But、um, the reason for this clear distinction is path is a very loaded word in in the Tibetan Buddhist because path, when you say it, sometimes is only an Arya path, but then other times it can be path which is stages to enlightenment. So you really have to be specific if it's a Arya path, if it's a true path, or if it's just a path to enlightenment, like steps, stages. That 
Okay, so the object of subsequent pra- uh, practice through study and reflection. Um, so study and reflection is referring to um, the various wisdoms that you can achieve. The wisdom arisen from hearing, the wisdom arisen from reflection, and the wisdom arisen from meditation. Um, so what are these different wisdoms that arise um, through study and reflection. What, what does this mean? Um, so, the wisdom arisen from hearing is once you um, hear material, uh, a teaching for instance, uh, once you understand what has been said, no analysis, you just, the words come in and you basically have confirmed that they have entered your ear. Um, uh, then at that point, you have the wisdom arisen from hearing. So, once you understand what has been said, um, so just as a note again, it doesn't mean you understand it inside and out. It just means that basically it was in the language that you speak and you heard it and it, you understood it. Um, that's the wisdom arisen from hearing. The next is the wisdom arisen from reflection. Um, and this uh, is, requires signs uh, and analysis. Uh, so for instance, what's a sign? Uh, so. When somebody, uh, for instance, becomes very angry, their face gets red. Um, so 
when you see someone like that with their face red, you can't see anger itself, but you can see the sign of their face red that they're angry, um, and, and you can infer that this person's angry. In this case, you're, you're using signs and reasoning, analysis, to come to the conclusion of uh, whatever the wisdom is that you're hearing, you know, to come to whatever that topic is that you've, the wisdom arisen from hearing, you heard the topic. Now you've used signs and reasoning to reflect on the topic, and, and you've arrived at what's called inferential valid cognition. Uh, so uh, at this path of, uh, um, at this point of the wisdom arisen from reflection, um, or yeah, looking it over, uh, if you will, um, once you have this wisdom, uh, you have inferential valid cognition related to the topic. Then, the next step is a direct valid cognition. And this is, requires a calm abiding and special insight. So this union uh, of calm abiding and insight, this wisdom that arises out of it directly, that's directly perceived. Um, so you have a direct perception um, of this topic. This, so you have a direct perception of whatever this wisdom is, whatever this topic you're trying to be wise, uh, wiser of or um, have wisdom of. Um, you have a direct perception of that brought on by calm abiding and special insight. Dig soon. Dunga um, so the object of subsequent practice through study and reflection, according to Drolumpa, this refers to the province of what is to be known, such as impermanence and so forth. Uh, so here, what is this referring to? This is referring to the 16 attributes of the Four Noble Truths, um, the first of which is um, impermanence. Uh, so this you have to know. It says impermanence and so forth. So you have to know that the first of the 16 attributes of the Four Noble Truths is impermanence and that's what it's referring to. Uh, so when we look, there are Four Noble Truths. The truth of suffering, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, and the truth of path. Uh, so the um, truth suffering has four attributes. The first impermanence. Second, suffering. The third, selflessness. And the fourth is emptiness. Uh, so then, the next true origin, the truth of origin, this also has four attributes, cause, um, origin, strong production, and condition. True cessations have four attributes, cessation, pacification, auspicious highness, and definite emergence, or renunciation. And then true paths have four, path, suitability, achievement, and deliverance. Uh, so the understanding of each among these attributes of the Four Noble Truths is what uh, is to be known. Decent. <laughs> 
So in Thailand and other places, they have the 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 scriptural um, uh, the uh, the lung. Uh, what, what did you call it? The um, um, so you find in the um, in the Thailand and other traditions that you have the the scriptures, but you don't have the analysis of the scriptures. You would have the reading of the scripture, um, so that you would possess this. Uh, it's called a lung, like uh, when a teacher um, recites a text to you, so that you have the transmission. So they uh, that's what it is. They have the transmissions. That's the best way to say it. They have the transmissions of the texts, but they don't have the analysis of the text. Uh, and where do we find this analysis of these sixteen attributes of the four noble truths? We find in the second chapter of the Pramanavartika Karika, uh, where we find uh, the subject uh, true paths. Uh, I'm sorry, the subject uh, true suffering is impermanence. Um, and then there are, um, I think I actually have it down. Uh, the truth, uh, dead school rimche. Uh, truth sufferings. Here it is. Uh, um, so we find in the um, Pramanavartika Karika um, all of these points that, that say so the subject, true sufferings, are impermanent because of being produced occasionally. True sufferings are suffering because of being under the influence of contaminated actions and afflictions. True sufferings are selfless because of not existing or not being established as an independent self influenced by impermanent factors. So there are all these points that are made and, and uh, of analysis in the Pramanavartika Karika. Uh, so we, we have both the transmission as well as the an analysis of these in our tradition. Dixon. <coughs> Same Ale, the consu 
so this refers uh, the object of subsequent practice through study and reflection. According to Dralumpa, re- this refers to the province of what is to be known, such as impermanence and so forth. The power lineage chapter of the Bodhisattva levels uh, uh, means that the eighth is the sublime teaching. Uh, Rimchi didn't go on that far. Um, so uh, here, when we have um, these 16 attributes of the Four Noble Truths are presented in Dharmakirti's um, commentary on the compendium of the, um, to valid cognition. Uh, valid cognition, the text, was written by Dignaga, um, who's Dharmakirti's teacher. And Rinpoche is saying, um, something I never knew before, that Dignaga and Dharmakirti were students of Basubandhu. And Basubandhu, even though they were students of Basubandhu, their wisdom in the valid cognition became greater than his, much greater. Um, and then we have these texts that are written, um, such as the commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition by Dharmakirti, and then just Valid Cognition by Dignaga, which the com- Pramanavartika Karika is a commentary on, um, Dignaga's text. Uh, so these stu- were students of Basubandhu that exceeded his wisdom and understanding. Digsa. Then then Okay. All right. Um, so the, there's a story um, of Dignaga, um, who was writing the um, valid cognition, and there were obstacles that were happening. This non-Buddhist practitioner was somehow erasing magically uh, every night. If he'd write it, and then it'd be erased the next day. Um, so somehow magically, this non-Buddhist was erasing it. So Dignaga went to him and said, um, what I'm writing is very important. 
Um, I really, really wish that you would stop doing this. Uh, if you don't like what I'm writing, we can debate about it. Um, but please stop erasing everything that I write because it's, you know, very valuable what I'm doing. So he said, okay, I'll take your challenge. Um, he said, if you, if you defeat me, then I'll just stop. So then this non-Buddhist, if I'm missing any part of the story, I apologize. So the non-Buddhist comes for this debate and Dignaga wins. Um, and as a result, this and I can't tell if it's uh, just as a result or out of anger, but this, the, the person who lost the debate, the non-Buddhist who had magical powers, exploded into a ball of flames and went into space. And the flames actually singed in the story all of Dignaga's things, it says. Like the, all the, and his, Dignaga and his students, like the peop, his followers' things, all got singed by this, um, what, what's it called? It's called something. It's the em, emulation? Is it self What is it when you burn up? It's called em, What is it? Emulation. Emulation, that, yeah. Conflagration. Fire, right? Conflagration. Anyway, everyone gets it, I think. Dixon. So much about development. And the and Okay, so then the, there's a st also a story that when the Finnish text, when the text was finished, Valid Cognition by Dick Naga, he threw it in the air and Manjushri caught it and made a declaration that uh, in the future this will be of great benefit to logicians or something to this effect. He, it's like he threw it up and Manjushri catches it and makes a prophecy, basically. Dixon. ตาตุจิรุตุจิรีจิลูลูเนตุจิรีจิลูเนสงรายลาจุนีลาสุบาสสงรายลาจุนีลาสุบาตันบีจูเจบะรสงเบเตจินตุชากุสงหามอสเจ
जेबरा सोमबे तेजी तो शागु सो जामोस ओते जिथानो द सो सो लाजुनी ते दुदी दे याने बिदे दुदे याने लोदे लोदो ते बिदे दुदे याने लोदे दे छिजु जे बिदे छिजि छि छिदु जे बिदे छिजि छि दुदे याने लोदे दे छिजि छिजु तोबाजु ओते सोरे लाजुनी तो ओते सोरो somewhere. Rimache is just going through the 12 branches and, and I have them listed. I won't be able to get it perfectly clean without the list that I have, unfortunately. Um, because we get into the 12 branches. It's, you can find it so many places. Um, it's just not something I have right off the top of my head, unfortunately. 12 branches, 12 branches. If it's not right here, I've got to just move on. Gemma, Dixon. I have it. Of course, when we're done, I'll find it right away. Oh well. Okay, so the we'll we'll look it up. Gemma, Gemma Dixon. The there are twelve branches of the teachings of Scripture. Um, and if anybody has any, you can probably find it. It's in something. Um, you can find it pr usually pretty easily, just not at this very moment. Um, uh, so it says, the power lineage chapter of the Bodhisattva levels means that the eighth is the sublime teaching, the 12 branches of the scripture and so forth. So I think you have to take it as being uh, this. The way to have conviction is to become certain about these objects just as they are, and then to think about them again and again, apprehending them uh, without conflict. Uh, so um, Rimache only didn't even list all 12. He just listed a few of them and then went, etc. I wanted to be able to just list them. Um, but again, just look up the 12 branches, uh, and you'll find them in a lot of the intro books. Um, and maybe right at the end too. Well, I'll I'll find it. I just don't want to take any more time up here. Dig some room, Che. So now, Lajuni, do the do the Anya Lo Tenge. Sixty Chujo Tubaju. Today, Lajuni. So now, Lajuni. So now, Lajuni. We can roll a kai in the chaos. So now, Lajuni. We can roll a kai in the chaos. Kanju Kanju no Yudruda. So you find these branches of scripture are necessarily pronouncements of Lord Buddha. Um, so when we say these branches of scripture, it's referring necessarily to uh, pronoun those pronouncements. 
So when we we can find in some texts uh, where the twelve branches of of, of scripture uh, where they debate whether uh, how many of the branches do we find in the Hinayana, how many branches do we find uh, in the Mahayana. So we find um, these these points that are uh, questioned and debated. So in the beginning uh, of the, um, oh, it's very clear, Rinpoche said, in the stages of meditation uh, where we find points made about these 12 uh, branches. There's no index in it. So that, I don't know. Lich is looking for us right now, I see. Uh, so you can find it in uh, stages of meditation. So the good news is, first Wednesday of every month, we're learning the stages of meditation by Kamala Shila. So uh, we'll get to it. Um, so I won't be able to get this clear distinction either, but there's a distinction um, and it has to do with um, how you differentiate between a sutra that is um, lesser vehicle and one that is gr- greater vehicle. And it's really just kind of like it falls within the lineage of class of the greater vehicle or falls within the lineage of class of the lesser vehicle. Um, so its own, that's how you know whether it, it is, if it falls under each of the classes. Um, anything I missed, I apologize. Dene? Dene, what the... Dogi. Chetayimba Dungan Talenji, 
so the way um, to have conviction is to become certain about these objects just as they are and then think about them again and again, apprehending them without conflict. So meditating on them over and over again uh, in order to be clear on it. In accordance with passages in the Bodhisattva levels, I have set forth the set of eight bases with respect to the patience of accepting suffering and the eight objects with respect to the patience of certitude about the teachings. In particular, there is extensive coverage there of patience of certitude about the teachings. So here it's saying that in the Shansa, in the Bodhisattva levels, there's much more extensive explanation of this uh, that can be found. Uh, so Lama Tsongkhapa is saying, for further information, see the Bodhisattva levels and the commentaries. Digsung. Wajitatana. Jipa. Jipa Riva. Yanlin. Talenji. Shula Nasenji. Jisenjina. Shansa Less that Jimba <coughs> Jean 
挡不住的，挡不住。啊嘞，对，对 ，Zubi Tsuchim， Zubi， Zubi Tsuchim， Zubi Zuba Santen Shiro， 我的 ，Zubi Zuba， Zubi Zuba， Zubi Tsuchim， Zubi Santen， Zubi Shiro， OK， the Dundan， 我等下，是的 ，OK， 我们的 Stasha， 的 Chiwajas， 好嘞 ，Yeah， 我们的 Kongi， 的。The Juden Gare. Then Juden the. Dambatu. Sis Bara Pashin Tudel Dambatu. Sis Pashin Pashin Tudel Pashin Tu. What the Nigerian daughter are. Tata Dubis, Tatasha, and Zubakan, Rashi, Brunan, Dambatu, then Zimba Tamba, Tutin Tamba, Zuba Tamba, Tundu Tamba, and then Santin Tamba, Shero Tambas. Jodhya Nyanleche Ures, and then Zubha Khan Rosh Nyanleche Vatice, and then Jimbi Pashin, Zubi Pashin, Chunduj Pashin, Shiraj Pashin, Sandhya Pashin, Shiraj Pashin, so what then, Jodhya Nyanleche Ures. Okay, this. Shena Duba De. De, De, Sar, 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 De, Jipa, Sar. Jen Zubha La, Jen Zubha Langoba La, Jen Zubha Langoba, Zubi Zimba Yimba Matu Pa Nashibadan Drao Osa. Zin Zubba Langoba La. Chulun Zubba Kungoda Zin Loba Yina. Goba Yina. Zin Zubba Langoba Yina. Goba. Zubi Zimba Yimba Matu Pa. Zubi Zimba Yimba Matu Pa Nashibadan Drao Osa. Drao Osa. Data Yen. Ale, then engapa. Go get me a chick. Okay. Number four, how to practice. When practicing any kind of patience, you practice it in association with the six supremacies and all, and all six perfections. These are the same as in the earlier explanation, except the generosity of patience means to establish other in patience. So here, the six supremacies are referring to the supremacy of uh, having um, the perfection of perfection. So for instance, uh, when we look at the um, perfection of generosity, um, the generosity of generosity, the generosity of uh, ethics, the generosity of um, uh, patience, concentration, uh, effort, wisdom, etc. So it's when you combine the, the perfections basically is the supremacy. Um, uh, so it's when uh, you have basically this combination of perfection, the, the generosity of ethics or the, the genera, etc. So uh, it's this combination of perfections uh, that uh, is ref what is being referred to here. The six supremacies um, are the, the that's, that's the explanation. Digsung. Uh, ngabatadagutundu Zubilajana 
Uh, so a summary, the recollection and cultivation of the spirit of enlightenment, the basis of the bodhisattva deeds, is the root of the wish to establish all beings in a patience wherein they have extinguished the contaminations. After you steadily increase the spirit, aspire to practice the patience of those at high levels and then train your mind in it. Distinguish the trainings for the patience of a beginning bodhisattva and then learn these properly. If you transgress the boundaries as explained, you must make an effort to amend this. Uh, yeah. Interesting. If you neglect these transgressions at the time of practicing these trainings, you will be continually tainted by many great misdeeds, and even in future lifetimes your practice of marvelous deeds of the bodhisattvas will be extremely difficult. Seeing that the essentials of the path are supreme, practice right now when you can, and inculcate the intention to practice even those you cannot now cannot. If you do this, then as the questions of Sabahu Sutra says, you will be bring the perfection of patience to completion with little difficulty and minor suffering. Uh, so then going back to the top, the collect first you have to develop the basis of the spirit of enlightenment, so the basis of bodhicitta. Um, without this basis, none of the other practices will work, none of the perfections will grow, uh, the bodhisattva deeds won't be bodhisattva deeds, uh, they'll be deeds, um, because bodhicitta is what makes a person a bodhisattva. Um, so there are no bodhisattva deeds without bodhicitta. Um, so it says, the reflection and cultivation of the spirit of enlightenment, the basis of the bodhisattva deeds. So the bodhisattva deeds here, 
the six perfections, uh, perfection of um, generosity, the perfection of ethics, the perfection of patience, the perfection of effort, the perfection of concentration, the perfection of wisdom. These must have the basis of bodhicitta to actually be practiced. A real practice. Um, so uh, is the root to establish all beings in patience wherein they have extinguished the contaminations. And then we find here Vajrapani, Lord of Secrets, from the, um, this is a quote from a sutra, but from the uh, stages of meditation. The transcendental wisdom of omniscience has its root in compassion and arises from a cause, the altruistic a thought, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and the perfection of skillful means. Therefore, if you are interested in achieving omniscience, you need to practice these three, compassion, the awakening mind of bodhicitta, and skillful means. Uh, so one has to have this basis in order to um, engage in skillful means. Um, so we find this basis of, of bodhicitta um, necessary, and, and compassion is the cause of bodhicitta. So we see compassion at its root, bodhicitta being necessary to serve as the basis for the bodhisattva deeds of the six perfections, which have to be perfected in order to become uh, a Buddha. Um, Um, so the mind that aspires to enlightenment is the mind that we see uh, in our prayer. I take refuge till I am enlightened in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Through the merit I create by practicing giving and the other perfections, may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings. May I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings is the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Um, as a note, day and night you would think of nothing else except may I become a Buddha for the sake of all sentient beings. That thought serves as this basis for the six perfections uh, and so forth. Uh, so uh, this is um, also found in the um, Lamrim Dudin by Lama Tsongkhapa. Ever enhancing your enlightened motive of bodhicitta is the mainstay for the supreme vehicle's path. It is the basis and foundation for the great waves of conduct like a gold-making elixir everything turns into the two collections. A treasure of merit gathered from infinitely collected virtues. Knowing this, the bodhisattvas have held the supreme precious mind as their innermost mental bond. I, the yogi, have practiced just that. If you would also seek liberation, please cultivate yourself in this same way. Uh, so we find these points made uh, here about bodhicitta and how they serve as the basis uh, as well. 
Um, so it says this is the basis, um, and, and here it says it's the basis. And Lama Tsongkhapa wrote both works, um, so we see this uh, um, concordance. Dixon. So just like an elixir that could turn everything into gold, turn all of one's practices into a cause for the great vehicle enlightenment or Buddhahood. Less um, okay, so uh, what bodhicitta is also of two types. We find um, ultimate bodhicitta and conventional bodhicitta. Uh, um, bodhicitta is defined um, uh, in various ways. Um, when we look at what bodhicitta, um, ultimate bodhicitta is, um, it's defined as a principal consciousness of the continuum of a great vehicle superior, which falls into the category of a great vehicle wisdom in which the dualistic appearance with regard to the mode of subsistence of complete enlightenment has disappeared. Um, so it's a bodhicitta where that in the is happening, and this person who is seeing emptiness, who has bodhicitta, basically, that's ultimate bodhicitta. Mahayana Sutra Alamkara defines it as having served the perfect Buddhas, having accumulated the collection of exalted wisdom and merit, having produced the non-conceptual exalted wisdom in regards to phenomenon. That is asserted to be the ultimate. And then conventional bodhicitta is bodhicitta, the actual, the regular one we think of. Um, so, um, and that is. Uh, um, defined at the beginning um, of the Abhisama Alamkara where uh, it says uh, the thought the perfect thought one moment the desire for perf perfect complete enlightenment for the benefit of others uh, so that's the general bodhicitta definition, and those other ones were ultimate bodhicitta. Dixong dundan dambi senche senche gitseni nudu jen dan dundan bi senche gitseni parshin chit dundan dudu jen nicha. Ah, senche kado senche kado dudu jen dan jayuro. Dene? Da dene shubi den senche jesu tenche gumba ne senche thaji sabasi bi zobala. Gobbant 
ni Okay, so um, a recollection of cultivation of the spirit of it. I'm going to read it one more time. And uh, hold on one second. Let me just read this. The recollection and cultivation of the spirit of enlightenment, the basis of the Bodhisattva deeds, is the root of the wish to establish all beings in a patience wherein they have extinguished the contaminations. After you steadily increase the spirit, aspire to practice the patience at those high levels and then train the mind in it. Uh, distinguish the trainings for practice of a beginning bodhisattva and then learn these properly. If you transgress these boundaries as explained, you must make an amend, uh, effort to amend this. If you neglect these transgressions at the time of practicing these trainings, you will be continually tainted by many great misdeeds. And even in future lifetimes, your practice of the marvelous deeds of the bodhisattvas will be extremely difficult. Seeing that the essentials of the path are supreme, practice right now what you can and inculcate the contention to practice even those you cannot now cannot. If you do this, then at the, as the questions of Sabahu Sutra says, you will bring the perfection of patience to completion with little difficulty and minor uh, suffering. So here, as we go through it, it's basically showing the stages. First, we make aspirational prayers uh, in order um, to have this uh, perfection of patience. Um, so it begins there. Uh, um, it, it says... Um, uh, is wherein they have extinct after you have steadily the recollection and the cultivation of the spirit of enlightenment after you have steadily increased the spirit aspire to practice the patience at those high levels aspire to practice the patience at those high levels uh, so here this is the first stage of it uh, to make aspirational prayers and uh, to be able to do it um, so that you will then be able to um, actually do it. Uh, so when we look at the perfection of any of the pa uh, perfections, the perfection of generosity, the perfection of ethics, the perfection of patience, there is causal perfection and resultant perfection. Uh, so the causal perfection is the practice of the perfection that gets you to perfect, basically, which is Buddhahood. Um, so... Um, anything before the Buddhahood, before Buddhahood isn't perfect. Um, so these things aren't perfected. So one is trying to perfect them, uh, and that's the causal uh, perfection. After you steadily um, increase the spirit, aspire to practice the patience at those high levels, and then practice them. So you make aspirational prayers, and then you actually practice it. Uh, it distinguish the trainings for patience of a beginning bodhisattva and then learn these properly. If you transgress the boundaries as explained. Um, uh, so there's different boundaries or there's transgressions. Uh, there's boundaries of a, a re ordinary person who's non-ordained. There's boundaries for those who are ordained. Uh, so there are different boundaries. But here um, uh, it's saying uh, um, boundaries in general. So if you transgress the boundaries as explained. Um, so if you transgress the patience and so forth, then in this case it's speaking of um, um, the boundaries that are related to what has just been taught. 
Um, so uh, um, it, tr- not being patient, not uh, ac- accepting the suffering and so forth. Um, so, um, uh, so if you transgress these, you have to engage in an acknowledgement of downfall. So Rinpoche said, for instance, you could do the 35 Buddhas of confession uh, and so forth in order to acknowledge that downfall um, uh, if you transgress them. Uh, and that's how you make an amend, is by engaging in some kind of practice. Uh, and so if you do neglect these things, it says that in the future you won't be able to have the realizations. It'll be very hard for you to do so. Um, it'll be very difficult for uh, you to um, practice. Um, so that's why it's important to do so now and get um, familiar with it so it's not so hard in the future. Um, uh, so now is the time that we need to practice. Uh, so that concludes today's class. And uh, so, oh, one, one thing. So boundaries are different for a householder or an ordained person. So there are all different boundaries. There's all different transgressions, and they're specific to an individual. So, and then there are some things that are general to everyone. So general boundaries are killing, for instance. Everyone shouldn't kill, ordained or not. Cutting a tree down is something that is specific to the ordained. Ordained are told not to cut a tree down. They have that boundary, but uh, a householder does not. Um, so there are different boundaries, there's different transgressions, uh, and um, even transgressions related to practice, advice you're trying to practice. When you don't, aren't able to follow that advice, you're transgressing what you're trying to do. So that is something you acknowledge as a downfall. The reason for the acknowledgement, translators note, isn't because there's someone judging it that wants to hear, I'm sorry, it's so that you're making your mind more familiar with doing it right. If you reinforce that that's wrong, reinforce that's right, that's right, that's right, that's wrong, then your mind is more apt to do right, just through reinforcement. Um, so that's the, the point of the confession, is acknowledging to yourself that this isn't what I want to do. So it concretes in your mind an imprint of this I don't want to do. I don't want to do this. So in the future, you have this imprint of I don't want to do this. Um, so that's how confession works. There's not a, some God who's, you're okay now. It's, it's acknowledging it to yourself so that you have an imprint of acknowledgement, of saying, oh, wow, I don't want to do this. And, um, and even in your practice, when you, uh, you, your anger arises and you say, oh, wait a second, I shouldn't do that. It's the same thing. Uh, so uh, we have a few minutes only. If there's a question that needs to be asked, we can do it, but we really have time for the prayers, and that's it. But I don't want someone to leave here without asking a question that they needed answered. It's a lot of pressure, I know, but it's where we're at. Uh, so Rinpoche is saying, um, because uh, we've created all this virtue, it's very important that we dedicate it. Uh, 
So it's very important that we dedicate our virtue so that our virtue that we engage in doesn't just result in one simple, it doesn't have just one quick result and then it is, is extinguished. Uh, we want our virtue to be a cause for something grand. Uh, so we dedicate it to that purpose so that it is remains till it is a cause for that actual occurrence. Uh, and uh, just like a drop of water from a bucket that we put in the ocean isn't extinguished until the uh, entire ocean is extinguished because it becomes one with the ocean. Likewise, when we dedicate a virtue to our enlightenment, it does not get extinguished until our enlightenment that it becomes a cause for. Uh, so it's the, for this reason that it's very important to dedicate our virtue. Country uh, while you're Okay. So yeah, just a, a quick question. Could you just define, you know, in the Buddhist perspective, what consciousness means? And then they talk about mind that stream. That's clear and knowing. That's it. What? That which is clear and knowing. Clear and knowing. Yep. And what is mind stream? Like the suffering in your mind stream. It's probably the same thing. It's probably translators. Yeah, the Cheba Gitseni Selshin Ripa. Yeah. I just told him what I said, and he said I'm right. Yeah, that which is clear in knowing is this, the consciousness definition. Okay, Dixon. So, uh, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Great class. Thank you, everybody. And uh, let's do this again sometime. Or maybe we won't have to if we have a really good week of practice. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru and the four continents and the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. Dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Jatso may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rumchi Gutsi Shapi Denerlang, Gansu Lam Rim Chambal Dang Gon Papa Kanga Chirana.